You are Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? Good, good. We uh, we didn't lose this weekend. We did not lose this weekend. That joke's better when we're not doing well. Like, I like that joke better when Mike Dubose was coaching us or something because it yeah, uh, makes sense. It's actually depressing to me now when we have an off week. That was vintage uh, Locked on Bama from our Locked on Bama episodes back in uh, 1998. That's when you had to get the podcast. Literally, you had to call us and hope that we were in the same room together on a landline (laughs) so that you could hear what the hell we were talking about. We were a lot like uh, the episode on Seinfeld when uh, Kramer uh, did the uh, Merv Griffin show. We were a lot like that. Or, oh, I thought thought you were going to say when he – when he did the, uh, the the movie phone, and he was like, uh, "Now, you, thank you for calling movie phone. Um, thank you what for movie, calling. What movie would you like to see? Yeah. Why don't you just tell me what you want to see? <laughs> tell me. Why don't you just tell me what the movie is? That was funny. It said, uh, he realized really quickly, he was like, if you want to see, you know, blame it on the rain, press one. And then he was like, oh, shit, I don't have a way of understanding what they pressed. <laughs> Um, okay, Jimmy, a couple of things. First of all, it's been a horrible weekend because um, uh, Auburn won, which I never liked. Georgia won, which I'm really indifferent about. But still, I would have rather Georgia at least be tested. Um, it, the, they are giving that Alabama circa 2011 feeling of hopelessness uh, to all their opponents right now. I mean, even when it's 0-0 at the end of one, you're thinking uh, Florida better do something like fast. And then before you know it, it's 24 to nothing. And um, you're like, okay, there's no chance Florida can do anything fast except lose faster. Um, And then the Braves won. And I know you love the Braves. and Everybody loves the Braves. I hate the Braves. Always hated the Braves for no reason other than they used to screw me out of watching space shots on TBS, which this is well documented. Uh, on, yep. on this podcast, but the Braves keep winning. And the other thing that pisses me off about the Braves is it keeps baseball talk going strong on my Twitter feed and on message boards right smack dab in the middle of college football season, which I absolutely cannot stand. But it's neither here nor there. And so congrats to my friends like you who are Braves fans. I am happy for y'all that y'all are happy. I just wish y'all were happy about something else. Uh, I hate uh, that professional baseball's uh, postseason leaks. Into, I mean, if the Braves don't close it out tonight, there will be at two World Series games played in November. And Major League Baseball should never, ever, under any circumstance, be played in November. It's bad enough that it goes to the end of October. Uh, so hopefully the Braves can do every sports fan in the glo- on the globe a big favor and uh, win it tonight and in October uh, as, as the world series is supposed to uh, take place in October. That's why I call it the fall classic, not the, uh, not the dead of winter classic. All right, Jimmy, where would you like to start? Cause I think the only thing we can do right now before we get into any LSU talk is I guess just talk about the college football landscape in general for these three segments. Um, first of all, 
let's let's do sort of go um let's go through it like the by the hours of the day here michigan michigan state i don't know if you got to watch it, it that's the, yep. one of our buddies one of our buddies on the text chain actually put it very well that's the most i've watched a big 10 game in a long time and i thoroughly enjoyed it it was a lot of fun there was actually some sec level drama there was some sec level exuberance and then after the game there was some um SEC level rioting, apparently. <laughs> I get all that. Uh, I, do, I don't disagree with any of it. Uh, I, I have seen uh, some some Big Ten football this year, but that's one of the few I've watched. I didn't say I didn't watch it from beginning to end because I was flipping around to other games, but uh, I did watch most of it, particularly the first part of it when Michigan was was sort of uh, controlling the game, but. Uh, uh, I tell you what, this is what what I thought watching the game is. I, I don't think that either one of those teams, Michigan or Michigan State, would be a threat to uh, Alabama or Georgia. Uh, I, I don't think they're elite. I think they're both pretty good, though. They're they're both good. They both have, uh, you know, good players uh, and, and one great player. I, I do agree that Kenneth Walker, the running back for Michigan State, is a completely legitimate Heisman Trophy worthy player. Uh, he is fantastic, um, very comparable to, to, to Bama backs that have won the Heisman. Uh, I don't know that he can win the Heisman at Michigan State because I think they have a couple of losses coming up. Uh, but he, he's very, very good. Anybody that has Kenneth Walker uh, in their top three, uh, that, that's totally legitimate to me. Fun, fun game to watch. I was happy for former Alabama assistant coach Mel Tucker, uh, who's clearly ascending in the coaching world. Uh, but my last thing about that is Michigan State closes the season against Ohio State and Penn State, and I think they'll lose both games. Yeah, and I think that's how this relates to Bama, the Michigan-Michigan State thing. First of all, I think Michigan State may have vaulted themselves at least into the first two out for the college football playoff rankings, which come out Tuesday. And I also think that the Kenneth Walker's performance um, is – I'm with you. I mean, I would have him no less than second. I really would. Kenny Pickett, see, to me, is out now. I mean, and, and it's kind of rough. The criteria we use to crown a Heisman is a little bit uh, subjective, obviously, and maybe a little bit um, screwed up because it's Kenny Pickett had a hell of a day. He threw for more than 500 yards, but he also had some key interceptions against a Miami defense that's not very good at home. I also think He wasn't that- impressive. I watched a lot of that game. I, that's why I couldn't commit to – I watched a lot of Pitt-Miami, which was also a – just because it was really good, it was compelling. I yeah. couldn't turn it off. Uh, it was very compelling, and, and I watched a ton of Pitt Miami. And Kenny Pickett is a good player. He did put up good numbers, but anyone that watched that game would not vote for Kenny Pickett in the right. Heisman race at, at any level. And we'll talk about this more later, but I think Matt Corral is probably out. I thought he played like a warrior. I thought he played very well in a sense, but he is hindered now by his coaches – inability to take points when points are basically handed to him in terms of a field goal. And um, yeah, that's Lane Kiffin screwed Matt Corral out of the Heisman. If you ask me, I mean, now he screwed him out of his chance for the Heisman because you can't say Matt Corral deserves the Heisman. Now he played the two teams that he's played that are probably the best teams he's played. He lost them both. And frankly, he looked, um, above average, not elite in both of those games. So I think that that takes him out. So, I mean, honestly, I think now it's a Bryce Young, Kenneth Walker uh, kind of thing. Maybe if you want to get 
wacky and you want to put Caleb Williams out of Oklahoma or CJ Stroud out of Ohio State, that's okay. But there's so many arguments that can be made against those guys is the problem. Jimmy, let me go ahead and tell everybody about prize picks really quick. We were already overdue for a um, a live read, so I want to tell everybody about prize picks here. And if you're listening to this before Monday, look, you can use prize picks tonight and play along uh, with the Monday night football game, which is the Chiefs and the Giants. Prize picks is a leader in college sports daily fantasy. It offers more college football props than anyone in the world and offers all the star players of the Power Five as well as mid-majors you might not even heard of. Prize picks offers any prop you can think of from yardage to touchdowns, even interceptions thrown. Be sure to use the promo code Locked On. You'll have a deposit match up to $100. It's very, very easy. You can use the award-winning app or go to prizepicks.com. Either way you want to go here, you absolutely will love it. Prize picks is a ton of fun, and it's a way to get involved with every game in terms of playing fantasy, and that's what you want to do now. That's the thing. This fantasy football thing, Jimmy, I believe it's going to take off. And so uh, Prize Picks is going to be at the <laughs> forefront of this. So go check them out, prizepicks.com. Now I want to tell you about Built Bar. Built.com is where you want to go get these delicious, nutritious Built Bars. They're awesome. Had one for breakfast today before I went to Lifetime Fitness. Shout out to Lifetime for no reason at all, unless you want to be a sponsor. Then you can. Uh, I'll back charge you for that mention. But uh, Built Bar, they are awesome. They are a lot of, they're a lot of fun. I mean, they, they come up with interesting flavors like blueberry muffin, chocolate cookie crunch. I mean, they got everything. That was the best one. Yeah, that was the Cookie dough. The cookie dough one. It's like an impulse buy, but that's good for you. It's good for a keto or a keto diet. If you're unfamiliar with the keto diet, that's the diet Jimmy came up with, where if you're trying to lose weight and you want to go sleep on the couch of your murderous friend, you can do that and have a Built Bar. Go to Built.com, check them out. Use promo code Locked On to get that discount. Built.com, you will love these things. All right, Jimmy, so then the 2.30 game, which uh, I'm sure most of us watch because there weren't a lot of great it's funny. There weren't a lot of get great games on paper, but I enjoyed watching football all day. Maybe that's just me, but I thought like the 11 o'clock games were fun. And then the the 2.30 game, the Florida-Georgia game, it, it, I thought they did a great job of making it interesting and compelling to the end because Florida had not been shut out since 1988. So everybody was wanting to see if Georgia could shut them out. And then, of course, they don't shut them out. But Georgia does go get a touchdown back with a late touchdown run. Here's the other thing, speaking of Heisman with Georgia. Everybody loves to put Jordan Davis in their Heisman ballot right now. That's sort of the neat thing to do. It won't be the neat thing to do when it comes time to actually fill out a ballot because nobody ever does that. But if I were filling out a Heisman ballot, Jordan Davis wouldn't be the guy from Georgia that would get my vote. It might be Nicobe Dean. Yeah. yeah, and I couldn't agree with that more. And by the way, I, I'm a Jordan Davis fan in the sense that I Me think too. he's one of the most in- interesting players in college football. He seems to have a great personality. Uh, he reminds me so much of DJ Fluker. He's the bigger DJ Fluker. Like, how, how, how can somebody say that with a straight face? But he's like Fluker, but bigger. Uh, tremendous player. He's going to be a first-round pick for sure. Uh, I really like the kid. Uh, but Heisman, that's silly. I mean, I mean, I'm ser- serious when I say that. It's silly. Uh, there have been Alabama defensive players, uh, multiple ones I could name that would be more deserving of a, of a Heisman vote than uh, than Jordan Davis, who's not even the best defensive player on his own team. He's just a good story. He's got the interesting build. 
uh, and I like the kid and wish him all the best luck in the world. But if anybody puts him on their Heisman ballot, they're literally wasting a spot on their ballot for a better player like N'Kobe Dean at Georgia or certainly Will Anderson at Alabama. Uh, both are, are more deserving of Heisman consideration than Jordan Davis. No, I, I totally agree. But Dean, um, man, he, he wowed me yesterday. Nolan Smith, too. I mean, and maybe – is, and who's the other defensive end whose name escapes me right now? Who's very very good as well, Jalen uh, uh, Carter, Jalen Carter, oh, yeah. and uh, and even uh, uh, Anderson, the uh, the the outside oh, Adam Anderson, the other guy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's unbelievable. Uh, they they got safety, dudes. Their safety, Louis Cena, is also unreal good. And the corner that they got from Clemson, he's given up five catches all year. Now, the thing I'll say about that. It's it that stat's misleading to me because you rarely have more than two and a half seconds to throw the ball. So, <laughs> That's true. It's the pass rush. It is the yeah. pass rush. Uh, that, 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 that stat makes it sound like that kid will be a top 10 pick, and that's probably not going to be the case. Uh, you do credit the Georgia front seven. Their front seven, I mean, I, I don't know how to give them a better compliment than this, but it's just a fact that their front seven is every bit as good as Alabama's in 2011 and 2016. That's Agreed. how good they are. I mean, I. I can't even or, or the '92 defense. Their 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 front seven is fierce and first round picks across the board. No, I, I couldn't agree more. In fact, you know, in in the day that '92 defense is still going to stand the test of time, but it's going to test stand the test of time the way Doc Blanchard is still a Heisman Trophy winner. I mean, like Doc Blanchard would not win the Heisman Trophy. He would be. He would be dead after one game against Southern Miss. Now, <laughs> um, God bless Doc Blanchard, but um, he's not winning the Heisman in today's era. Uh, just like uh, you know, all, all these you know the basketball players. Like, how would this guy do in that era? How would Shaq do back when he was playing with Wilt or whatever? See, you can't really look at it that way because everything was so different. But um, yeah, I think the '92 defense is always the benchmark, and I think this Georgia defense is as close to it as anybody I've seen in terms of dominating um, during a time when everybody's throwing the ball around a ton. Now, the only thing I'll say, and I don't want to give Alabama fans this sense of despair, like we have no chance against Georgia. Certainly we have a chance. First of all, I would favor Georgia if we do end up, if we are fortunate enough to play Georgia, I would favor Georgia. Secondly, um, Georgia has not played uh, an elite, what I would consider an elite offense. Clemson's yep, offense wow. is is flat putrid. Um, yep. Auburn's offense is okay. It's it's that's it's a it's a little above okay. Um, yep. They didn't play Ole Miss. They didn't play A and M. Um, who else have they even played that's got an offense that you go, wow, that's pretty good offense? Nobody. Florida and Kentucky. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I mean, it's an excellent point. It's true. Uh, Georgia, for, for as much as we're going to fear, if we if we get matched up with them at the end, for as much as we fear playing against that Georgia defense, they need to fear our offense a little bit because they ain't played anything like they, they haven't played. And I'm not saying we'll expose them. If you're some Alabama fan that thinks, oh, we'll expose that Georgia defense, uh, no, no, we're not. They're we're, we're, they have they're going to have about seven first round picks off that defense before the Alabama game and after the Alabama game. That's not changing. Nothing will be exposed. It's just the fact that Alabama offensively is very, very good. And I think it's very realistic 
that this Alabama offense could score in the 20s against that Georgia defense. That's what I believe uh, will happen and could happen. And, uh, and that would be really impressive to score 24-27, 24-27 points against that Georgia defense would be very impressive. And I think Alabama is absolutely capable of doing that. All right, Jimmy, let's go ahead and take another break. When we come back, we're going to talk about uh, Auburn Ole Miss and then the SEC as a whole. All right, first of all, I want to thank everybody for making Locked On Bama the first place you listen to when it comes to Bama news. We don't have as much Bama news right now, although we did get a commitment late Friday in a very, very cool way. Uh, A kid that was committed to LSU, and he is extremely dynamic, a little bit undersized for a receiver, I guess you could say, but he's got a little Tyrone Pro Throw slash Jalen Waddle in him. I'm not saying he's going to be as good as those two guys. I'm just saying that's my comparison. Um, from Louisiana, I thought he uh, announced his commitment in a cool way. I've seen it now twice in the last week where a guy announces his commitment at the senior day of their final game via the PA. Uh, that was just kind of neat. So, Jimmy, why don't you tell us about him really quickly? Yeah, Aaron Anderson committed to Alabama late Friday night. Uh, fun player. Luke, I love your uh, comp to Tyrone Prothrow. I think that's more accurate. I think a lot of Alabama fans, they just see a short, fast receiver. They're going to compare him to Waddle and Ruggs. And it's just not, not fair to the kid. And, and it's not even a great comparison, but the pro throw comparison is great. I, I think that Aaron Anderson is a lot like Tyrone pro throw. Now that you mentioned, I'm going to steal it and use it all the time. Um, yeah. For, for Alabama fans that remember pro throw, that's him. Uh, Aaron's very, very similar size uh, with very similar speed and burst. He's, surprisingly physical for a shorter kid, uh, a lot like Pro Throw was. Uh, you even wonder what he might look like on defense, because I think this is a kid that would come up and bust some heads if he's playing defense. Uh, but he will be an offensive player at Alabama, He'll be a great punt returner, uh, committed to Alabama Friday night on his senior night, which is very interesting. And it's not only interesting that on your senior night, you would have your commitment announced by the PA guy at your high school game when it's basically like, Another senior, you know, uh, number 14, Aaron Anderson, who is tonight committing to the University of Alabama. Um, what, what's super neat about him doing that is this cat's in New Orleans. We're not exactly as popular in New Orleans as we are in, say, Coleman or Op or Birmingham. Uh, this kid commits publicly over the PA in, uh, in New Orleans. So that shows, how, that shows you how tough the kid is. <laughs> and uh, Alabama's uh, fortunate to get him. Uh, here's the weird part. It's not a negative, uh, but, you know, in the past, Nick Saban hadn't been very big on stockpiling short wide receivers, but now we'll have three on the roster uh, once Aaron gets there alongside Christian Leary and JoJo Earl. Uh, you know, th- this kid's similar to those two, uh, to JoJo and Leary, and, and now there's a third one. I guess uh, this is just Saban announcing, hey, I don't care how big they are. I just want them to run really, really, really fast. And uh, and that's Aaron Anderson. This kid can uh, can really go uh, 10-6 in the 100 meters. Uh, and believe it or not, he's sort of faster than that because he's got great burst. Uh, he gets to his top speed in three steps. He's he's uh, he's an impressive athlete. Very fast, a little short, an outstanding punt returner on tape. We'll see if that translates to the college game when he gets here uh, next fall. All right, Jimmy, so what you see in the Auburn um... – Ole Miss game, i tell you really quickly what I saw, that Lane Kiffin, it, this is why Lane Kiffin will never be a top-tier coach. You you just can't do that 
in terms of going for it all the time when points are presented to you in this conference. I know it may seem like, okay, we should get the touchdown here. We've got the, we got the right play. We got the right this. We got the right quarterback. But shit happens in the SEC. Everybody's got dudes. Every, even Vandy's got a couple of dudes. So when you take that chance, that on, I know your analytics sheet may say on fourth and four from their 20, and it's worth a shot when you got Matt Corral and some, you know, some good dudes. But what the analytics don't tell you is, oh, you're in the SEC. This analytic sheet is for the Big 12. In the Big 12, you go for it on fourth and 30. Doesn't make a shit. But in the SEC, <laughs> you can't do that because somebody will do something. And especially when you play in Jordan-Hare Stadium, which is made out of destroyed spaceships and built on a burial ground of, of a pet cemetery for Tyrannosaurus Rexes. You can't do that at Auburn. And he did it multiple, multiple times. Uh, Bonex certainly is playing a lot better. Oh, my God. You okay? Did you get a bolo right now? Right I'm all right. Okay. I'm all right. I'll, I'll live. Mute uh, is your friend. Um, but, Jimmy, really quickly, uh, Bonex is playing better. Uh, that's yep. undeniable. I, I think he's, uh, you know, moved into – he's probably the – Instead of being the 10th best quarterback in the league, I think he's probably the sixth or fifth best quarterback in the league now, which, I mean, look, that's a monster climb compared to where I thought he was. I also found this out today. Do you know Bo Nix's middle name? Bo Nix's middle name? Yes. Uh, I'll give you a hint. Since he's obviously named after Bo Jackson, I mean, my logical guess would be uh, something extremely Auburn related, uh, but football. I want to say Barkley. Uh, I'm going to go with Sharman. Uh, uh, <laughs> no, I'm trying to think of what would be a funny uh, Auburn name from the past, and not a logical one like uh, Pat for or, you know Bo Patrick, like for Patrick Sullivan. Uh, Family. Let's go with a. Uh, let's go with uh, Bo Cameron Newton Nix, or was <laughs> Bo born before Cam played? <laughs> He changed it. They changed it like eight years after he was born. No, his middle name is Montana, apparently. Montana. No way. Is this Which made is, up? Is, it, is this is this Twitter? Is this Twitter uh, no. humor? Or? I got the, this. Is directly, and I'm not going to read the whole thing because I'm probably violating. Middle name some, is Montana. Keith Niebuhr, who oh. is a really nice Keith Niebuhr is a really nice dude. He writes for Auburn Undercover. Oh, but yeah, he, he wrote guy. this. He wrote this. Uh, he was talking about his post-game notes. He said, of all the players I saw after the game, the one that stayed around the longest to sign autographs was Bo Montana Nix. Do you think that Montana. that was a play? Do you think that was a play on, on, on Montana Fouts because Montana does hang around after games to sign autographs for little kids? He could no, be playing I, off of that. It, it did make me think that I wonder if Pat Nix put Montana in there because he loved Joe Montana and knew Bo would be a quarterback. That's interesting. That is. Why don't you DM uh, Keith Niebuhr and ask if he was making a joke or if that's for real? No, I'll no, no. He's not, he, he is not making a joke about this. That's 100%. You think fact, it's real? Know. So you don't think it's a joke? I'm, I'm 50-50 on it because that's crazy. If you name your son – if you're an Auburn quarterback and you name your son after the most famous football player at Auburn, Bo, and, and, and B.O., and then Montana, clearly a nod to Joe Montana, who has nothing to do with Auburn, but is, you know, one of the great quarterbacks to ever play the game. That's pretty bold uh, of, of dad to assume 
well, of course my firstborn son will be one of the great quarterbacks of all time. I don't know. It just, just seems sort of bold to me. Okay. But, but Wait okay. a minute. Interesting. Wait a minute. I'm being, right. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm being told. <laughs> maybe I'm wrong. I'm also being told you're wrong. By, uh, <laughs> my production assistant uh, is showing me that we are wrong. I owe Keith Niebuhr a huge apology. He <laughs> apparently was joking, which is weird to me. Because he was he talking about how Montana – he's talking about how Montana Fouts she is hugely popular in part because she does great things all the time. Like when Alabama football's over, writer. she'll hang around and sign. She'll, she'll hang around and sign. But, but why would he make a joke about an Alabama softball pitcher when nobody on this Auburn board is going to know who the hell he's talking about? What His middle name is apparently Chapman. Why he put Chapman, Montana yeah, Nix, I don't know. Uh, I, I, think it, I, I, I think it just goes to show how incredibly popular Montana Fouts is. I think he compared Bo Nix to Montana Fouts, and even <laughs> Auburn fans were like, holy shit, that's cool as hell. I think There's, Auburn fans are all on board with Bo Nix being compared can, to Montana Fouts. They're cool I know this for a fact, Jimmy, that there are some Auburn fans who listen to this, if only to call me a, a, a mofo during, oh, during make this. Fun of us, yeah. Oh, only yeah. to make fun of us, which is fine. I mean, I just want Earth. you to keep listening. If it's to make fun of us, that's fine. Um, we give them fodder. We give them fodder. We do. Now, they're going to hear this and go, that dipshit really thought Bo Nix's middle name was Montana. And honestly, it's a better middle name than Chapman. It is. I mean, it that is, is a better true. name. It is a better it, name. That's true. There's, but, Jimmy, I, I'm going to read this in context. He has no – I know this isn't Alabama-related, but I'm fascinated by this. Keith Niebuhr's a good dude. I promise you he's a good dude. I've met hey, him more than twice. Oh, yeah. Good dude. But – this is a paragraph he wrote, and this makes no sense to me. If it's a joke, then put parentheses around the Montana because there are going to be people like me. People like me are like, Bo Nix's middle name's Montana. What the hell is that? I guess it would be like an Alabama writer. Let's say, for instance, that uh, J.D. Davison, let's say J.D. Davison ends up being absolutely hilarious in interviews and that he might say some, uh, some shocking, scandalous things. But he's smart and he's funny and everybody likes him. It would be like Cecil Hurts calling J.D. Charles Barkley Davison. And Alabama fans going, oh, totally dig that. Now, like going back, bringing this full circle to Seinfeld, first of all, I think it'd be more like um, people saying, you know, J.D. Davidson's really laying the law down in the SEC. You know, J.D. stands for Juris Doctorate. <laughs> <laughs> but, but bringing this full circle to Seinfeld. Hey, my, uh, my crack assistant informs me that uh, Bo Nix's mother's maiden name is Chapman. Okay, well, see, all that makes perfect sense. <laughs> it makes perfect sense. The Montana had, I was like, boy, what a what a cocky dad to name his son Joe Montana. <laughs> I know, yeah, we're like, that Patrick Nix, what a. What a, what, a, what, a, what a crazy quarterback dad naming his kid after uh, Bo Jackson and Joe Montana. Because that, uh, really, funny. he's played more like Joe Mont- Montoya or whatever that actor's Montana. But, uh, How about this? Okay. Me and you, let's let's call a Montana Knicks from here on out, and uh, and it'll be our it'll be the locked on Bama inside joke. This is the dumbest thing we've done on this podcast, and that is huge. But anyway, um, <laughs> go, go, going back what to uh, about? 
No, going back to oh, bringing man. it full circle with Seinfeld, do you remember when that guy had the bet with people like he would lose bets with good-looking women so that he could take them to dinner? He'd say, uh, hey, what did the uh, M stand for in Richard M. Nixon? And he was like, Millhouse. Oh, I, you said it stood for Mo. <laughs> oh, All right. Um, that's going to wrap it up for this podcast. I have nowhere to go after that. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> we'll so, talk uh, LSU because, hey, I'm anxious to do some uh, – <laughs> I'm anxious to do some uh, LSU research, and I'll tell you why. And I'm not making this up, and as everybody that listens to the show knows, all me and you do is voraciously devour all SEC information all day long. And I say all that to say, who the hell is in LSU's starting lineup? I can name Max Johnson. And that's it. I can name Max Johnson, the quarterback. And I think the running back is the hyphenated kid, Davis Price, and he's a good player. But who the hell else is left between their injured guys and their we're not playing anymore guys, and now Ed saying we don't even have enough to practice. I can't name LSU guys, and I swear a month ago I could tell you their lineup, and they're all gone and hurt, and, uh, man, we need to play well and beat the crap out of them, not just because to get revenge for Ed Orgeron's speech in our house, in our locker room. Uh, we not only need to, to, to get revenge for that, uh, we need to beat the crap out of LSU because they're not any good, and we should beat the crap out of teams that aren't good. And they're not good because – they don't have a good football coach. He's a lame duck guy, and they've lost all their players. So we need to beat the crap out of LSU while me and you figure out the names of their, their starters because who the heck knows anymore. And uh, happy uh, 70th birthday to uh, Nick Saban uh, yesterday as you guys listen to this. Well, I'll probably put it out today. So happy 70th birthday, Nick Saban, today. I mean, how about that? So, um, All right, buddy. That'll do it. We'll be back tomorrow. Roll Tide, everybody. Roll Tide.